Happy New Year, everyone! 2023 at Skip the Queue is packed with more amazing guests, and we're starting the new year with a really great one. In today's episode, I speak with Andy Highgate, Director of Operations at Blackpool Pleasure Beach. We're talking about walking the big one and how to develop an exclusive experience from an everyday safety process. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify and all the usual channels by searching Skip the Queue. Andy, welcome to Skip the Queue. Hello, it's nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. Um, just to let everyone know, I'm rec- we're recording this today as we do on YouTube and I've got this like halo-like effect like going a over my head. Light. <laughs> I look quite... I look quite angelic, don't it's I, Andy? Christmasy. Isn't it's it? It's festive. <laughs> if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, you will understand what we're talking about. But um, this is not good podcast material. Sorry. Anyway, Andy, we're starting with some icebreakers. Okay. I've got, I've got a good one for you. So I know that you are a big old roller coaster fan. So I want to know, and this might be a little bit like asking, like, who's your favourite child? Or yeah. what's, who, who's your favourite dog? But I want to know, what's your favourite roller coaster? Oh, wow. I mean, it is like... It changes all the time. I mean, that's how I've, um, and so I have kind of a, I guess I have kind of a top three, but I've, I've, I've recently been lucky enough to go to Orlando and I went on um, a ride there called Iron Guazi, um, which is a RMC rework of what was a classic uh, wooden coaster um, into a steel coaster that's got inversions and so on. And it's one of those rides where it's kind of, if you're a roller coaster fan, it's, is everything that you want from a roller coaster, from an incredible, I think it's almost beyond vertical first drop. It's got inversions on a wooden structure, but but it was one of those rides that just didn't you know, let up until the you know until it hits the brakes at the end. I mean, it blew me away. It was it was it was incredible. But they would say that I also went on Velocicoaster. And I was lucky to get in the front seats, and I, um, which is at Islands of Adventure. And I went on that at night. And again, I mean, that was that was an incredible ride. So, you know, at the moment, it's probably between those two. I can't maybe I can't pick a favorite, but the, yeah, both incredible, intense, fabulous, long rides. Really, really good stuff. Ah, uh, epic. Do you know what the velocity the velocity coaster? I feel like I've been watching that happen for years on Twitter because they've been really good at like feeding little snippets of what's been happening before it's launched like the design of it and then like it just I just feel like I've seen it it's been it's just been happening for so long the weird thing is sometimes you watch these things on YouTube particularly if you watch like POVs of rides and you think you know what the ride is going to ride like and you know we've got um, a double launch coaster and effectively that's what what Velocicoaster is, but that that last inversion, which is really low over the water, I can't, you have to go on it to kind of experience what it's like. I can't describe it to you. It was absolutely, it's one of those you think you're coming out, which is not a good thing, but but you're obviously not. Um, but it's just, I mean, yeah, fan, just blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. Amazing. Great recommendation, Andy. All right. Okay. Next one. Um, who's your idol and have you have you ever met them? I don't know. I mean, there's a roller coaster designer, um, a German guy called Stengel, who who is kind of behind many many of the designs of the um, the, the world's um, best coasters. I'm a I'm a coaster geek, geek, and I'm a big fan of B and M. And I guess I would I would love to meet them, but I haven't. But I don't know because that's a that's a 
because they always say don't meet your heroes yeah. and um so I'm, I kind of kind of think that I'm not not really sure that I would want to uh, uh, keep them at a distance probably safer what's the weirdest food you've ever eaten weirdest food um I had I remember having an eye which at the time was quite a um before I was five years old I'd had more birthdays in America than I'd had in the UK and um and I remember on my fifth birthday having an ice cream birthday cake and the fact that I can still remember this like 30 whatever years later you know I remember that being something that was very unusual at the time I don't know now but um and yeah, I mean that's quite cool actually. And uh, to be honest, I've, I've got my, I've got a big birthday coming up in a couple of years, and I'd quite like an ice cream birthday cake for that. Now I'm thinking, uh, there you so, go. I suppose that's Put, weird. Putting it out there, just getting the hints in. Already, <laughs> yeah, no, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Love it. All right, Andy. What is your unpopular opinion? What have you got to share with us? Do you know what? I absolutely, I think camping should be banned. <laughs> I just. And particularly a level above that, glamping, I just, I've got a thing about, I guess, again, um, for me, if you go on holiday, you want to stay somewhere nice, I think. And I don't get that my experiences of camping are always being freezing cold, being soaking wet um and being covered in mud. And I think there's a different, when you wake up in the morning and you've been, like you've slept outside effectively, and it's just a different level of, different level of cold and I don't get the whole thing about people say oh, I don't know I'm connecting to nature or um um the great out- outdoors and I actually do like the the outdoors and I, but I, I you know if I go anywhere I want to I want to at least start, you know when if you come to Blackpool you don't want to be in a tent you want to be in a, <laughs> no. you want to be in a nice hotel um, which you can obviously do here but um um you know I just I don't understand the appeal of it and I and I'm you know, I, I, I mean, I haven't done it for like probably thirty years, but um, my, my, my whole recollection of of camping is being freezing cold, soaking wet, and it being thoroughly unpleasant. So yeah, I would, I would ban the tents. <laughs> uh, Andy, that's a really strong opinion, and I like it. Um, have you ever been glamping? Have you ever done the one? The level the I've, I've seen it because it appears. I mean, a lot of places, particularly, and there seems to be a thing with safari parks. I can't think of anything worse than being asleep in a safari park. You'd have like, you'd have to, you're in a like this. It's always a beautiful white tent, isn't it? When it's glamping, um, but ultimately, you know, you don't want it. You're slept next, sleeping next to a lion enclosure, and you <laughs> in the middle of the night uh, get picked off by one of the animals. It's just I don't, and and that the whole thing is. I'm, I'm obviously sound very passionate about this, but you but do. it's supposed glamping is supposed to be you know like a luxury, but it's it's, it's not a luxury. And I don't know having. Uh, the champagne, plastic champagne glasses in a champagne uh, in a canvas tent is 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 to me is not luxury. Sorry, <laughs> that sounds awfully pop. No, do you know what? I think it's my favourite. Okay. <laughs> um, listeners, let me know what you think over on our Twitter account if you agree with Andy. It's very strong, <laughs> very strong, unpopular to... opinion today. Oh, I love that. All right, well, Andy. Um, I'm yeah. going to guess that your background isn't in camping or nature related, no, anyway, but tell us a little know. bit about your 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 background. <laughs> okay, well, I um, uh, I'm the operations director for Blackpool Pleasure Beach, and I'm I've been here for um, eight seasons, um, but I've worked in attractions for over twenty years. 
Um, I actually um, used to work at an aquarium, a famous aquarium in Cheshire um, for many, many years. Uh, I basically had the opportunity to go and um, run a theme park, um, a small theme park in, in Pembrokeshire, uh, down in Wales, a beautiful part of the country, um, a theme park called Oakwood. And I went and worked there. Um, and one of the reasons I went and worked there is because I've always liked roller coasters. And so from as, you know, from as young as I can remember, I grew up in Kent and um, we used to go on day trips to Margate um not camping trips and um <laughs> I used to go on the rides um at dreamland there and and I was I was hooked I was obsessed with it and um and so obviously when when I got the chance to go and work at Oakwood um it was a no-brainer because they had ride big rides um and I learned about rides how to operate rides um the maintenance involved and all of that kind of stuff and then that kind of opened the door really for me um to work in other parts and that's ultimately why I work here but I think you know um I'm very very lucky to um work in an industry that um I'm passionate about and I, the fact that I love roller coasters we've got 10 roller coasters at black pleasure beach um and so you know for me to work with those every day is um is is a real privilege and um and really good fun and you know part of my job is literally to go and ride rides um and if if you told me that when i was like 10 years old i just never would have believed that that was a possibility so so um, lovely this comes up quite a lot of our guests actually because it is an industry that people tend to kind of work in from a young age and then work their way up and they just they love it they really love it and it's it's really nice listening to people where they're like I get to do this for my job like this is fun you know yeah and it's just it's really nice to hear I'm gonna guess Andy only because you mentioned that you've got a big birthday coming up but I'm gonna guess that you are maybe a similar age to me and you would you would remember Dreamland as Bembon Brothers. I do, yeah. yeah. And, Brothers and, Amusement Park. Yeah, <laughs> I can remember because we've. I'm from Essex, and um, I can remember my granddad taking me to Bembon Brothers when I was when I was really little and riding the um the wooden roller coaster that they yeah. had there. Secret Railway, yeah, good still times. there. Yeah, good times, good times. All right, so Andy, today I'm really interested in this. I think this is such a great topic for Alison. So. What we were, what we're going to talk about is how you've developed an exclusive experience from an everyday safety procedure. So, yeah, which right. yeah, which sounds right. crazy, but um, tell us a little bit about how this idea came about. Well, it's a strange one, but um, we're talking about. Um, an experience called Walk the Big One. Um, and for those of you that don't know, um, Blackpool Pleasure Beach has a very large roller coaster, um, which is still um, some 25 years later, the tallest roller coaster in the UK. Um, a roller coaster called the Big One. It's 235 feet tall. And basically, guests can pay to come and walk up the ride after the park closes, um, up the um, the main pull up, which is um, the bit the main lift and the sort of slow part of the start of the ride. And we're obviously located right next to the beach, so you you get an absolutely spec- spectacular um, view. And when I say spectacular, it's really difficult. One of the to kind of describe, but if you don't know Blackpool at all, the sunset. So uh, you know something else. I mean, I said I'd just been to Florida and. I think um, I would say our sunsets are comparable with 
with theirs maybe the temperature's not quite quite <laughs> the same but um but what we were ultimately able to achieve is you know uh, roller coasters um um generally have steps running up um up the lift hill and that's no different um, to our coaster they're there for safety reasons so that ultimately if there's a stoppage or you have to clear a train of guests or whatever that you can can walk people down but um by using those um we were able to give people this sort of very unique experience um in a in a controlled and safe way where they get this unbelievably photogenic um and and unique experience which only really and certainly compared to the number of people that ride the ride um only a handful of of people get you know when when people go on roller coasters um one of the things that you don't want it's a very um sort of modern problem is trying to stop people from taking photographs or filming on rides because inevitably they drop their phone and you don't want things falling and all of that kind of stuff but by doing a controlled walking experience like this it means that you know people can get those those amazing pictures and so on for you know and 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 people love putting that on social media and all of that kind of stuff so how how it actually started though um well again there's there's two versions of this depending <laughs> on depending on who you speak to and this and i can say that because it started before i started working here so i don't know which one is is true but one of them is that we had a corporate inquiry where from a group um, that had hired out a room and were having an event at the Pleasure Beach and they wanted to do something different with the boss of the company um, and and again about taking a, a crazy photo or whatever and they asked if they could um, if they could take them to the top of the big one and so they looked into it and the safety aspects and so on and were able to achieve that. So that's one possibility. And then the other one is that um, a member of staff went on a trip to Australia and walked up the Sydney Harbour Bridge and came back and said, that was an amazing experience. Wouldn't that be really cool if we could replicate something like that um, in the park? And, um, and, and so depending on who you believe, depends on on where this originated from but all I know is that when I started here we were you know we were running um on Friday evenings uh, throughout the year we were running three walks a night taking groups of six people um up the structure um for an hour um so and an hour's the whole thing so you come you do a little safety briefing um, we kept people up. You'd be pleased to know people are connected with a safety line whilst they're doing this and we show them how to use it and so on. Um, and then then we walk them up the structure um, to the top and um, we do it in um, stages. As I said, it's, it's, you know, it's over 70 metres high. So and it's 420 steps to the top um and so you know it's quite when we do it three times in an evening so our leg muscles are uh, nice good workouts like quite good but you (laughs) you basically walk people up and you stop at 50 foot intervals we tell them a little bit about the history of the ride um and some facts about the ride and so on and also as what what you notice is as you get higher up you get to see more and more of the park and also beyond the park as well and so and you get that different sort of vantage point and so by the time you get to the summit which is you know the bit that everyone's looking forward to you know if it's a nice clear day you you can look you can look one way and you can um see across the estuary and you can see as far as southport and then you look the other way and you can literally um see the lake district and you know and you've got the the blackpool tower and you can see the whole of the town um 
sat sat out um, below you, and it's it's you know it's an incredible experience. And even though I've walked up the structures loads of times, for me, um, I still get a thrill out of out of doing it, and I'm still always impressed by the view. So you know, for the first time, guest that's coming to do it as a well for whatever reason, because. We get loads of people doing this for um we get roller coaster enthusiasts, which obviously you can understand why why they would want to do it. Um, but we we also get people that are doing it for charity um events and we get people that have had it as a surprise present and they've turned up that evening and didn't know really anything <laughs> about what they were gonna do. And um and so you know, there's that whole mix of mix of different different people doing it and um for different reasons and whatever and um and 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 again once you get to the top again other people are getting different things out of it we we get the people that are serious photographers that want the sunset walk and so on and then you get the people that are facebook crazy and want to do facebook live at the top so all their mates can see it and and so on and you know it caters really really for all of those those people what's quite cool is you can start with six people that don't even necessarily know each other sometimes you do get a group where it's six people that, that do but you can we've had it where you know you've got six people haven't met um before and then by the time they get to the end of it and are back down on the ground there's this kind of camaraderie that's been built up by having having this experience and they're always you know towards the staff because it's us that that, that do it it's the rides team the 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 walk up there's they're always so sort of appreciative and i think um i think finding out you know stuff that you wouldn't find out normally when you visit um you know little tips and um facts about the ride and little interesting you know oddities about how roller coasters work and so on makes makes it a really good experience so yeah i mean i know that was a very long answer to... oh it's a great answer it's a great yeah. answer but it and it leads me on to some of the questions that i've got about like what What's the what's it brought the attraction? Because you talked there about a lot. So there was a lot to take in there. And, and some of the things you talked about were, you know, when people go up, there's, there's, you've got these incredible views and people want to take photos of that. They want to do Facebook lives. Um, I guess you've got so many different audiences that that appeals to as well, like the roller coaster nuts or just people that just want that, you know, Instagram moment. What what is it brought the attraction? For us, it's brought us into the experience market in a way which is something that we wouldn't have necessarily. I mean, the roller coaster was never built with that in mind. Um, it was obviously built as a, a thrill ride, um, and and the fact that there are stairs there, um, and you know, I, I, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about what the Woody. Um, later on but um you know the stairs are there for a functional reason and so you can do track inspections and so that you know in the event as a stoppage there's a way for people to get down in a safe way and so on um and i think it's been able to make make use of something um that's already there or existing in a different way that's also such a sort of uh, such a memorable um way and you know invariably i said for all those people doing those different things, whether it's taking photos and posting them on social media or whether it's Instagram or whether it's Facebook or whatever it is that they're doing it, doing it for. And we have seen, particularly over the last five years doing it, there is a, you know, um, I think this explosion in in experiences and experience culture and people wanting, um, you know, um, instead of you're, you're buying an experience ultimately and and then you're you're showing other people that you've done that experience that's a big big part of what social media is and a big motivator um for doing it but um 
but you know i i think it's it's great that you can have that mix of people um and you know you even get the people that quietly we've had people that live in blackpool that have can see the structure from their house because it's a tall structure that um i've always just been curious about it and just want to come and walk up it and that's what's great that you get that mix really well, it's, it's opened up the park to a different audience i guess because those people might not have come along and come on and, and and you know taken a ride on the roller coaster or spent the day at the park but they will but they would come along in the evening and, and walk up it and to see you know be able to spot their house from the top of it i guess yeah no it's um, it's definitely true and also it's you know we um you get people that are driven up from london you know which is a, a quite a long way from us and so on to to do um an experience which is you know pretty unique i mean it's certainly unique in our location and the, the, all those different reasons for doing it is um, makes it a really, a really good thing. And I also think we're catering for a desire to have an adventure. I mean, roller coasters ultimately are that as well. I mean, the great thing about roller coasters is that people are searching for a thrill when they, and an experience. I mean, even me talking about those rides that I was talking about before, you know, I was absolutely thrilled or blown away by them and, and so on. But people want to go on a ride where you have the illusion of danger, but ultimately, in reality, it's actually a very safe experience. Mm-hmm. And actually, you could relate this to that as well, the, this experience, you know, walking up something, you're at a very high height, you're on a slender um, gantry, and and the, the structure moves um, as it's designed to. It's good that it moves um, in the wind um, and, and so on. You wouldn't want it to be brittle and so on. That all adds to the adventure. So you're getting that experience, but in a way which is actually a really safe um, yeah. way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's brilliant. So, so I, I still, it's, it's still incredible to me that that something that you would have done on a on a daily basis anyway, you've been able to develop into this in, incredible experience. So it's brought you, you know, a different audience. Uh, it's obviously brought you more revenue, right? So you you do you see, you mentioned earlier you do three walks. Yeah, so we take six six people on each walk, and um, and um, you know they pay, they pay obviously for that experience, and it's a premium um, priced experience because you're getting something which is a small group of people. It's after the park is closed, and other, all of all of that side of it. But I think people are. Um, and and this is with you know the experience economy or the you know people looking for those those things people are prepared to pay extra for one you're getting that level of service and insight that you wouldn't get necessarily normally um in that you know talking directly to people that work on the ride and know about the ride and so on if you were here as a visitor you'd probably just queue up and go on the ride have a great experience you'd find it thrilling and then off you go where people like to i think um have a curiosity about you know the behind the scenes how things work um and 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 so on and you know um i walk the woody is the, the the which is the version of this that we we do on a our wooden coast there's one of our wooden coasters is the classic example of something where um we've taken um something that we have to do every day so, so this is a roller coaster geek in me there's two different types of coasters there's still coasters which are um the ones that you find where they invert and and, and more, most modern coasters are still coasters and then you get wooden coasters and blackpool pleasure beach is um you know we're we're really lucky to have four which is really unusual um classic wooden coasters all built in the 1920s and 30s i mean these rides 
of, you know, rides like the Grand National and so on, um, which are iconic rides when you think of our park. If you ask people about our park, they'll they'll mention um, those rides. But for me, the fact that um, that people want to come um, ride a wooden coaster that's, you know, 90 years it's been thrilling people when they still find it a thrilling ride um and still want to get you go on it and and so on i think that's incredible um that people people want to do that and that's that that what that says is those attractions even if they were built in the 1930s are still brilliant attractions and that people still want to come and ride them now with part of looking after and the maintenance of a wooden coaster is that you do daily inspections of them and and you literally walk the entire track of the ride which you can do on a wooden coaster because uh, unlike on a steel coaster um you're you've got a walkway literally the entire length of the ride um and so we have an in in-house structures um team and construction team here which is part of how we maintain the coasters and are able to keep them keep them going and um and so on have to walk the entire track every day and so every morning before the park opens nice and early doesn't matter what the weather is um our team of structures people will come and walk alongside the entire track carrying out an inspection they're making sure there's no problems no issues no rot um, no nails where they shouldn't be all of those kind of things so that the ride's ultimately um safe to open and you know with this stuff i'm talking about with the ex- experience um offering experiences we suddenly thought well wouldn't it be great if the general public had the opportunity to do something that this very selective group of people we're doing having to do every single day of the year when we're open um and that that's really how how that experience um, came about and i think uh, what the big one gave us the confidence to look at other um other rides and other attractions that we've got and, and start to think actually what is it that we do that that people would would pay to come and do as well and um and and what the woody 100 percent came out came out of that it's absolutely brilliant and i think when we spoke briefly before today you mentioned that you've got special merchandise that people can buy and don't they do they get a piece of woody yeah so <laughs> don't worry I mean, folks it's, it's, it is structurally sound but they, they do get a well, piece of woody. No, i have to say with wooden coasters people and i can use this you can't um I, I, I said this to some of my American friends and they had no clue what I was talking about. But wooden roller coasters, it's like Trigger's broom, okay? Um, <laughs> and and part of the maintenance of them is that you're constantly, you're working on them and you're constantly replacing the wood. So actually, you know, how much of the structure, the original structure is still there 100 years later or whatever. And anyway, so so we're always doing carrying out that work. And when... Um, when we did um, walk the big one, we we wanted people to take away something after um, after the experience. Um, and actually, I've got one here look, to hold up for you. So oh, we get, brilliant! Uh, we get get this. You get this medal at the end of it, and it's you know for some people, particularly if you're um, if you're scared of heights, which we do get, it's a big. So you know, it's yeah. an achievement if you've made it to the made it to the top and all of that kind of stuff and and invariably what actually happens with that as well is that when you when you get down and you give them give them the medal they all immediately have the photo taken with it and so on and so again it feeds into all the stuff I was saying about social media and so on so anyway we've walked the woody we thought well wouldn't it be nice if if we could do something like that and we thought about a medal and so on and then we thought well, well hang on a minute we've got all this wood 
that that we've we've removed from the ride as we've replaced and updated it. Why don't we chop it up into little pieces and um and give people a piece of the ride to take? It's a genius take. idea. Not only is it a brilliant piece of memorabilia, it's sustainable too. Well, yeah, exactly. And um and, and actually what's cool about it is the wood itself um it often has, you know, you can see like the rungs of the where the, the, the original growth in the tree and so on in it. And it's you know, really nice piece piece where people always want if you people always want the chunk that's got like the nail sticking out of it or the <laughs> the the bit with the flaky paint or whatever it is, just because it's all there's a certain you know again this whole experience thing people want authenticity mm. and i think you know that just plays into that and also you know if you're going back and afterwards and you you got home and you're telling your friends or your family what you've done if you're producing a piece of wood from that very ride that's you know a piece of history and all of that kind of stuff it just just adds to to the thing so yeah i mean we we do we always say to people that do it look we don't do any hard sell or anything at the end of the at the end of the you get those things as part of the experience regardless but then we do do um we do do some merch which is exclusive i mean i'm wearing um one of the what the big one pieces of clothing which we only sell to people that have been on the walk that evening so you know the guests in the park can obviously when they come and visit, they can buy big one mugs and pin badges and big one everything if if that's what they want, of course. But um, but you can only get this stuff by by participating in the experience. Yeah. So it makes makes it you know makes it quite special, really. Yeah, it does. It's it is brilliant. I mean, it really. We're recording this episode in the run up to Christmas, uh, listeners. But this will launch. You know, this is obviously going out in 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 the new year, and I think this is such a good message to start the year on, and it's something that has been talked about at a number of the Alva meetings that I've been to. And it's something the industry has been talking about for the, the, the you know, the, in the run up to Christmas is, is about that level of, of experience and, and doing things that are different because it is what people are absolutely craving for. And they will be happy to pay the higher price point for doing something that's really special and something that's really unique and just something that's of real interest to them as well. You know, you're hooking into people's real kind of desires with these kind of unique experiences. I just I think this is such a brilliant story. Your yeah. your dates sell out really quickly as well, don't they? Yeah, I mean we've just we we've we've just put on our um 2023 dates um online and what we find is that um there's a, a lot of well because of the social media aspect of it there's a lot of word of mouth about it anyway um and also um we get a lot of repetition again i think it's because it's so unique but in the case of um in the case of what the big one the other thing that we find because we do it sort of um from March, but we also do it through until the autumn. Um, you can come along in, I don't know, in in the spring and do it, and it can be, um, you know, sunshine and um, lovely and bright and so on. Um, but then you hear that actually you can come back and you can do it in September when the illuminations are on in Blackpool, when it's dark, yeah. and the experience takes on a whole different thing altogether. I mean, it's, you know, to walk up in, in effectively in, 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 in the darkness and, and, and just see the, the lights um, along, along the front going miles uh, along the coastline is, is a beautiful um, and, and very different experience. Yeah, I bet that's amazing. Do you, so do you get that a lot of repeat visits for something yes. like this? Yes, we're, what you do is you, you'll find that those people that do it in the spring, we say, oh, yeah, we do it in September. And, and, they, and they say, oh, I, wasn't, I didn't know that. And, and so 
you know that that happened certainly early on with it we were finding that people came came back to do it and then um obviously once it built up a bit of a bit of a reputation um when we started thinking about these you know like walk the woody with um the wooden coasters what you found is that people that had done walk the big one and knew it was a really fun experience had a great time suddenly thought oh well actually you know i would try i want to try that um as well and and i think it was emotive in a different way because with with the big one, obviously it's really tall, and there's no getting away from that. And the thing is, the payoff on that one is that you're going to get that amazing view right at the top, and so on. We've we've walked the woody because we walked the track on the um, uh, on the big dipper. You're not going to go as high at all because the ride's only like what sixty feet tall, and so on. It's a different experience, but it's a in some ways um, it's a um, I don't I don't want to say more fulfilling because they're fulfilling for different reasons but it's certainly more challenging because you're walking a lot more of the track than you you would do on 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 walk the big one but also it's that that sort of that insight that you're getting and that understanding of how the ride's maintained how it works and you know as much as I can describe to you what it's like to um to walk along a roller coaster track the thing when you actually do it you suddenly get sort of some kind of um you get a realization of the bit that always shocks people is that we start at the end of the ride and we actually walk backwards and you walk from where the brake run is and where you, the ride would normally end. And you do the last little bunny hops, which are the last part of the ride when you're on it. And you do them first when you're on the ride, because the ride's coming to an end. Those little bunny hops don't feel like the first drop. You think, you know, that's the end of the ride. They're not very big and so on. When you have to walk them, yeah. actually, you realise yeah. that what you thought were small bunny hops are actually quite large and yeah. steep and so on and it gives people a different appreciation for the ride and so we've had people that have done walk the woody and then gone back on the big dipper when they've come back to the park as, as a regular visitor and said that it's totally changed the way that they view the ride and they've got a totally different appreciation for it and how we maintain it how we look after it all the work that goes into it but also an understanding of the scale of these things and and um, and so on and you would never get that if just by going just by going on the ride itself I suppose. That's really cool, isn't it? I mean, there must have been with with both of the rides, you know, the walk the big one and walk the woody. There must have been some challenges that you had in terms of opening this up to general public. I'm sure health and safety was an absolute nightmare. What kind of challenges did you come across, and how did you overcome them? And what would be your advice for other attractions that were kind of looking maybe to do similar or just looking at things that they already have that they could make more of? As an idea I mean what I would say to people is don't be afraid of an idea and you know it was true when we when we when we first came up with Walk the Woody and said you know this is what we want to do or we want to try and do it before we'd even touched the ride or even looked at what the reality of doing that I do remember I mean being told by several people you're not gonna be able to do that you're not going to be able to do that with not with the general public it's not going to work then there's this problem this problem this problem and all that and and we were we we kind of chipped away at those things and thought well okay well we know that we do this every day with our with our staff and um, how do they do it safely and and so what do they know that we don't so we spoke to them and we started doing risk assessments and all the sort of boring stuff i guess but the stuff that you really do need to do and then we did some practices and we literally walked the entire track with a team of the operations staff um in conjunction with engineering and um and worked out a way to make it work 
Um, and some of the challenges were one, yeah, because because whenever you do anything different, you have to convince some people that it's it's going to work. Two, you've got to make you've got to make it whatever you're doing safe. But what I've found is that by by actually physically having a go at stuff and and um and getting input from other people and feedback and so on we were able i mean in the case of the walk the woody we were able to work out a route that we thought yeah actually we could do this with with the general public there were bits of it where you know some of the some of the right you don't walk the entire track you walk probably about a third of it during the experience there were some bits of it where i thought actually i'm not sure that this is going to work um, really well with the public I'm not sure what they would get out of that I'm not sure if this is too challenging this bit um, and 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 so on and, and and we sort of just crafted it into something which also had to work in a certain amount of time um, and so on so I, I guess my advice would, would just be don't be afraid to think about doing something that you haven't done before and um you know, um, I'd, I'd actually look to, um, we've got a great team of people that I work with in, in my department. And um, and often it's, it's just by chatting to people, you can come up with come up with these ideas, which at first might sound silly or whatever. But um, I, I remember us talking about it and, um, and and someone saying, oh, you know, wouldn't it be fun if we, if, if we could do what you walk in the footsteps of the engineers? And that's actually sounded really that sounded really exciting, you know, before you've even heard what it is, it's, you know, peeking behind the, you know, the, uh, I don't know, the the curtain to see how things work and so on. And there's a natural sort of curiosity to do that. So uh, I would say to any other attraction that's, you know, they will have stuff which is unique to them, which people will be interested in um, having that experience. And um, the trouble with, I think, one of the things that we always warn our staff about just generally is that in terms of guest service in an amusement park, there's a massive difference between visiting an amusement park for one day as a guest, maybe once or twice a year, and going to an amusement park every single day because you work there. You have to be really careful when you work there. You don't become complacent and you start to you lose that air of magic that a guest will have when they go there just once or once a year or whatever. Um, and so, you know, we do a lot of reinforcement with our own staff to make sure that they're remembering that that's the first time that the guest has seen that when you might have seen it or experienced it yeah. 500 times. I think that aspect of it's quite sort of quite important as well. That's really good advice, actually. And that and that's really interesting, is it? Because we always talk about that it's the people that make the experiences. But those people have to genuinely still be excited about it, even though they've seen that thing 50 billion times because it's that the visitor's first time of seeing it and they need to be equally as excited about it as that person that's seen it for the first time yeah no absolutely and then you know on these experiences that that aspect of it actually becomes becomes easy and quite infectious because what you see particularly with we've we've made we you know we've we've involved some of our our seasonal staff in in delivering these events and they get massive amount out of it and they've learned that they learn a few facts or a few stories or whatever and they retell them the reaction that they get from the people that are stood in front of them when they're stood on the ride talking about it is is always positive and that builds their confidence you know i've seen members of staff go from being shy and retiring to being stood 150 feet up the big one 
talking to talking to the general public, answering questions, pointing out things on the horizon, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm I'm quite proud of the fact that we've been able to achieve that, both for the guest and also um for the staff as well. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, it's really interesting as well. We uh, in a couple of weeks on from this episode, we have an episode um speaking to the London Transport Museum, and it's all about innovation and fostering a culture of innovation. And what you said earlier about you know don't be afraid to have those ideas and come up with those ideas with your team. I think that just goes to show that you have fostered a culture where people are comfortable to bring those kind of ideas for the front, regardless of how crazy they might seem at that point. But they're encouraged to bring those ideas to you and to see where they can go. Yeah. And we've done, you know, and that we've been lucky that that also continues. I mean, walk the woody we've um we're really excited about 2023 because the ride that you're you're basically walking which is the big dipper um roller coaster is 100 years old um mm. next year so it's got a you know it's got a big birthday coming a big cent- centenary um and so on and so we we were thinking about walk the woody and thinking well actually what can we do now that we've done it and we know how to do it and so on what what can we do differently because because it's his birthday coming up and, you know, people are excited about it, enthusiasts know about it and, uh, you know, expecting us to do something and so on. And so so we we started looking at, at what we could do differently. And um, and so we've we've cut anyway, we've come up with a product for one year only um, for next year, which is a version of Walk the Woody, but it's called Walk the Woody 100 for obvious reasons. <laughs> and, um, and but we're going to do it differently. And so, again, it's about not just you know resting on our laurels we've we've you know we've we've come up with something which is we think guests are going to like we did this we went through a very similar process to how we came up with the original idea um but we went back to the idea and thought well actually what can we do that we didn't do last time and what would be different and you know we've now got the experience of people telling us what they liked about it um and so on and so um, I'm not going to like tell you exactly what we're doing because we want it to be <laughs> a bit, ruin it. <laughs> bit of a surprise. But um, but we are going to do something different with it next year. So people that have done it before can come and they will have a different experience. And people that don't know anything about it or whatever, and maybe they're hearing about it on this, I, I don't know, will come and have a hundredth birthday special version of um, of the experience. So, you know, we, it's always about innovation and keeping things moving and, and, and trying to come up with other stuff. And, you know, and in this particular instance, the fact that it's a ride's hundredth birthday, which is, you know, a big deal really for a ride was the motivator, but it could be for any other reason um, as well. Love it. Uh, it's, again, brilliant advice, Andy. You know, it is about coming up with these unique ideas with things that you already have, generating that kind of repeat interest from people that have been on it once but can come back and do it. And then you're expanding on that again by developing on the experience because there's a big event or a big thing happening that year. I, I think it's such good advice for, for attraction. So thank you for sharing today. And um, no what else have you got coming up? Is there any is there anything else that's coming next? We're always looking. I mean obviously the the, the what the Woody 100 is the big thing. We've done what the Woody but we haven't done it in the way that we're going going to do it. And I think making it unique just for one year. So we're only going to do it like this for one year for it's it's kind of a, a cool thing. But I haven't mentioned um I haven't mentioned our other experience which is what the big one XL which I probably should because in a way that's 
that's a, a, a similar kind of we only introduced that in 2022 and so that's a relatively new version but what we did with that um and so this will be the you know the second year that we've offered this this was quite targeted and um it was targeted at enthusiasts and i said that i'm a ride enthusiast and so we knew that there was this demand there for people to find out more um and what the big one you know it's it's um it's an amazing experience but it's it's done in an hour you're here and gone in an hour and we thought well for an enthusiast they you know which is fine for a lot of people but for enthusiasts they might want to know a little bit more and they might want to see some other locations um around the ride so again we we revisited what the big one and um and thought actually what is it that we can do differently that would would specifically target that group of people that want want to see more or you know want to know more in-depth information and so again we went and looked at the ride um again we were careful not to get blinded by the fact that we see you know things like the brake run every day um so for us that's not a big deal but actually for a guest to come and stand on the brake run learn about the station design learn why it's the way it is how we put trains on and off the ride and so on is actually to them is actually really interesting because that's not something that they get to see or hear about every day um and so we worked out a way to take people to different locations on the ride including a couple of locations that we've never been to really we guess um before which uh um we've got um a platform and because uh, the big one is a gravity driven ride like a lot of roller coasters so what that means in case you don't know is the train is taken up to its highest point usually with the click 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 noise on a chain and that's the anti-rollback because you don't want to go backwards down the hill um and then when the train is released at the top it's free rolling um and there's no brakes on the train it's only when it gets to a block section which is either part way round or near the end of the ride that you can actually stop the train um so uh, roller coasters particularly in our our case and um, which are built right next to the sea can be affected by wind and so on you have to make sure that you know in the event that a train dipped or didn't make the course maybe it was slowed down by the wind or whatever although we do monitor that while we're operating obviously so but in the rare occasion that something like that could happen that you could get people off so what that means is you have platforms around the ride uh, where if the ride stopped for whatever reason again gravity would kick in a train would stop at the lowest point and you've got to be able to go and get to that train and take people right. off. And um, and so we thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if you could take people to those locations and um, they can stand on them and get to go out again, bits which you would never normally get to go anywhere near. So we take people on, on we take them to the brakes first, as I said, then we take them out on. So there's one that has a particularly good view of the beach and the sea um, and so on. So we deliberately because it's the most photogenic we take people there and they get to get to stand on the platform next to the track and they get some amazing photos that you would never again never normally be able to get and then we take them to the block break and we were quite deliberate in this in that we were increasing the height throughout the experience and so each location that you went to was higher up than than the one before so it effectively gets more exciting as the event goes on and and the block breaks sort of you know 110 feet off the ground or whatever and um and and again people always if you've been to the ride you think that it's near the end of the ride it's not that exciting and people when you walk them up it are suddenly shocked at actually how tall it is and the view that you get across the whole park you get again these wonderful photos and people are the the feedback that we get from guests when we do that is that it's just didn't couldn't believe that that 
they were able to be up in that location. And then we end effectively with with the walk, the, the regular walk, the big ones. So we take people right to the top of the ride. It's a much longer experience. So it's, the whole thing lasts about 90 minutes. And you get that much more sort of in-depth. You know, if you're a coaster geek, yeah. then you're going to love hearing all of this and the fact that you get to go to all of these places. And we deliberately walk people through the staff routes through the park rather than the guest route through the park that's cool so again again they they get to see bits that they would never normally normally get to walk and and um, and so on and so um again it's um next it'll be our second year of doing it um and um i'm really sort of proud of the fact that um that we're able to you know if you're a roller coaster enthusiast um, and you come and walk the big one XO, you're really, you know, we're hopefully going to deliver you an absolutely, you know, a proper geeky, uh, <laughs> in-depth look at how a roller coaster is operated. And again, that's a, a going right back to the start of it. It's, a, um, it's offering an experience that, you know, you're almost offering, although you do have to pay for it, it's almost like a money can't buy experience because to be able to do that is really rare. Yeah, I, I guess as you were talking, when you were talking about, you know, taking guests through the the operator's way through and not the guest's way through, I was like, oh, it's, it's really in alignment to, um, you know, being like a zookeeper for the day and doing, yeah. you know, being behind the scenes on that kind of thing, that kind of level. Yeah, it's absolutely. And then, um, you know, it's just that and you end up going through routes that, you know, you go through a gate that, you know, you know that to us is a gate that we go through every day and we're not bothered about it. But to a guest, it's somewhere in the park they've never set foot in before. It's underneath the structure of another ride. They can get a photo of somewhere where, you know, they wouldn't wouldn't be able to go normally. All of that. Stuff. All that it just adds to that feeling of one, it makes the person feel special because they're being given, you know, information and and i'll look at stuff that they could never normally see um and two they're getting this experience that runs alongside it that's just you know a a really hopefully for them a really memorable experience and then they get all this other stuff optional stuff um at the end of it as um as well and i think one of the big bits of feedback that we have about it and it was interesting that you said about the people and i do think that that's you can take people to all of these cool places it's the, the bit that brings it alive is is the staff talking about it, particularly when it's staff that work on the ride and have that knowledge of the ride and know the park and all of that kind of stuff. It's those bits and pieces that when we get feedback about this, they're the bits that people really love and really kind of latch on to. And, um, and, and yeah, and I'm, I'm pleased that we're, we're able to deliver that for people. Oh, it's brilliant. I've loved talking to you, Andy. This has been so, so interesting to hear about. I love how passionately you talk about it. You you genuinely love it. And it really comes yeah, across I mean, when you talk. Uh, hopefully. I mean, roller coasters are fun, ultimately, aren't they? But um, but to be able to do these kind of things with roller coasters, I think back, you know, I was saying when I was a uh, kid going to Dreamland or whatever, if I could have walked up the roller coaster in Dreamland, I would have been the happiest kid in the world. So, you know, we're kind of trying to, offer that i guess now to well there you go andy you got your big birthday coming up i hope you're listening <laughs> dreamland because you know what will make andy happy for his birthday you there should you do go. you should do a little hookup maybe do a little trade with their team yeah. and your team <laughs> brilliant andy what book have you got to share with us today we always ask our guests to share a book with our with our listeners yeah i'm i've picked a book um by a director a film director called derek jarman and it's a book called modern nature um and don't worry it's got nothing to do with camping or 
anything um, like that. But really why, it's, one, it's sort of an inspirational person um, to me, but why it's important to me is it actually is based around, the guy lived um, in a, effectively in a beach hut um, in Dungeness, which is down in Kent, which is where I'm from originally, in a, a situation which is considered by many to be, um, it's a rep- it's somewhere that's not that far from where my parents live. It's probably about 20 minutes drive. And um, it's a, to some people you would describe, particularly um, in the winter, you describe it as bleak. And it's a pebble beach and, and so on. And um, I, there's something about the English coastline and beaches um, and so on that I really like. And I like the fact that we have seasons. I like Blackpool in the summer, but I actually like it in the winter as well. And this book is kind of like a... Um, a diary really about how he's built a, a pebble garden because it is literally on 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 the beach in the shadow of a nuclear power station which sounds sounds horrible but um but actually I think it's a really inspirational thing and I, I think you can see beauty in stuff which is unconventional um and so on and that um the fact that he's managed to build a pebble garden and have plants in an area which is you know a harsh environment that um can be seen as bleak but actually I think there's great great beauty in that and that all comes across in that book and it's very inspirational conversational um style makes it a, a really memorable book for me and it's also somewhere where whenever I go back to Kent I always go down there for fish and chips and then, you know there's something it sounds really strange but sitting in the car in the winter having fish and chips and listening to the the power station humming in the background it's actually really sort of reassuring I don't know it's not an experience I've ever had Andy I feel like I'm gonna have to add that one to my list <laughs> It's, I, I realise that sounds really odd, but, but I, I guess I've got an emotional connection to that yeah. place as well. And the fact that someone's written a whole book about it and their connection to it is what connects with me. So, yeah, that's probably my choice. I, I think that is a great book choice. Andy. I've never heard of that book, but I'm absolutely going to check it out. Listeners, if you want to win a copy of Andy's book, you know what to do. Go over to our Twitter account, retweet this episode announcement and you'll be in with a chance of winning it. Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. I think this is a wonderful podcast to start the new year off on. So thank you for coming on and sharing with us. And um, I look forward to joining you up in, in Blackpool at some point to uh, to walk the woody. Yeah, you must do. We're, we're looking forward to it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Skip the Queue. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps others find us. And remember to follow us on Twitter for your chance to win the books that have been mentioned. Skip the Queue is brought to you by Rubber Cheese, a digital agency that builds remarkable systems and websites for attractions that helps them increase their visitor numbers. You can find show notes and transcriptions from this episode and more over on our website, rubbercheese.com forward slash podcast.